long time ago. Uh, e. Stanley Jones, who was a missionary, a very famous missionary, actually reported Mahatma Gandhi saying this, I like your Christ, I don't like your Christians. <laughs> he goes, your Christians are so unlike your Christ. <laughs> it's a very interesting phase. And I, and I think as a Christian, right, in the world today, when people think about this whole idea, man, I'd like some Jesus, but I don't know if I really want all that comes with it including all the people. Well, here's the deal. If we're going to be all in, right, this is what we're going to talk about. If you're actually going to be all in with Jesus, if you actually like the idea of Jesus, if you like who he is, what he stands for, if you like his teachings, if you're actually, as we are talking about here at K2, if you actually want to follow Jesus, then guess what you get? All the people, it actually is, we're gonna, I wanna show you today, it's actually all about the people. So here we go, here's where we're, what we're unpacking, Matthew chapter four, verse 19 and 22. So Jesus this is the very beginning, he's just on the scene, and the first thing he does is he starts to call people to what? He said to them, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And then when he followed them, these guys were fishermen, that's what they did. He says, immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. So you guys, so here's what happened, right? Those are two super important things. If, if fishermen are leaving their boat, then they're leaving their occupation, right? They're, they're leaving their source of income. They're leaving their identity. And if they're leaving their father, in that culture, that family was everything. So these guys, when Jesus said, hey, you gotta come follow me, and it says immediately, like without arguing, they just said, okay, we're all in. And they left those things. They were all in. And the coolest thing is, these guys got to experience life like nobody else. They actually got to see Jesus, man. They got to know Jesus. They got to, to hear Jesus. So here's what we're going to talk about today in, in, as we're unpacking this phrase about being all in. Notice what Jesus says. He says, come, follow me. So what is he actually inviting people to do? See, he's not saying, come follow the rules. <laughs> come and try to do everything that's right. Come and be religious. Come and do the things of the kingdom. No, that's not what he's saying. What Jesus says when he walked this planet, he says, you got to come. And if you come, this is going to actually be a relationship with me. And that's what he invites us into. And so what I want to share with you today, you guys, um, this is actually one of the, the most important um, messages for me. Um, 2017 was a very interesting year for me personally. Um, has God ever tried to get your attention, right? And uh, have you ever not listened when God has tried to get your, his, your attention? And I'm not saying that I was kind of going, oh, la, la, I don't want to hear what you have to say. But sometimes you hear, like Jesus saying, come follow me. You can hear it, but you actually don't follow. And I just know this last year in 2017 that God pinned me to the ground and said, David, this year, and I'm going to share some of this with you guys, the most important thing for me personally, but then in talking with my staff and our leadership for K2 this year, is this idea right here. That when Jesus says, say, if you're going to follow me, and that's our whole mission statement here, is to invite you and to equip you to live out the adventure of following Jesus. Because that's the only way, you guys. It's not knowing about him. It's actually 
Following him is when you experience him. And when you experience him, then you know him. And when you know him, Jesus says, that's eternal life. And that's our desire and our heart for you. So there's two things that God really used this year to, to help me. And actually, before I even jump into these, I just want to pray. Can we just pray for a second before I dive in? And I'm going to share with you the heart and soul of where we're going today. Father, thank you for everyone in this room and their desire to give up their, their, their morning to be here, to engage with you, to receive from you, to hear from you, to be able to offer our hearts to you, to know you. I just, I'm just asking that you might be gracious to us today and meet us in a powerful way so that we can really know you. And I, and I, just, I just personally want to ask for grace in the help of, of uh, explaining this so this thing that's so important that you've laid so heavily on my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's the first thing that, that, that God revealed to me, and I've shared this with so many people because it's profoundly affecting me. And it actually happened in a, in a coffee, uh, when I was having coffee with David York, this guy right here. Who's, David, by the way, he's, a, he's a, actually the chair of our business operations board, and you've, you've heard him a lot up here. I was sharing with him my heart and my, my heart's desire that just at K2, that we would experience a, a fresh move of God where all of us are just ex experiencing the life, really, <laughs> the eternal life that he offers us. And the whole time as I was sharing this, he just started writing down some stuff on a napkin. And when I got done, he goes, Dave, let me, let me just show you this. And he said, here's what people want to give their life to is something that's compelling. He goes, Jesus is more compelling than anything else in the world. So he drew this grid, and, and this is the grid I've been, and you guys might want to grab your pen and just, and just show you. This has been brilliant for me. So, so Jesus is life. And when we really know him and experience him, we have life. And then David said, there's, there's two things that you see in Jesus Christ, if we're going to really know him. Number one is relationships. So he drew relationship on this side. But then on the, other, on the bottom, he goes, the other thing that's true about Jesus is he challenges us. <laughs> Isn't that true? I mean, if you look at the life of Jesus... It's all about relationships, but man, you read the scriptures and the stuff he asks is, it's high, man. It's a high call. And so then we just, he wrote low in the bottom corner, and then he wrote high at each end. And that's it. Jesus Christ, if you're going to actually know him, if you're going to actually look like him, that means you're going to have high relationship. There's going to be a super commitment to relationship, but you're also going to accept a high challenge. So then he, he said, because look what happens. If you have a high relationship, if you're really getting together with people, but you don't have, there's no challenge, he goes, then it's cozy. <laughs> and, and, and I just know in 30 years of being in the church, sometimes that's what I see. And that's what I saw a lot before we ever moved out here. I was just like, or before I was a part of my church in Detroit. It's like people can come and they're not experiencing life because it's safe. It's just kind of cozy. And there's no life. That's not Jesus. He's not about cozy. But here's the other thing. If you have a high calling, a high challenge, and you're given everything that you've got, but you don't have relationship, then you know what happens? You get stressed out and you get frustrated. Here would be another word for that quadrant is you get burned out. And that's what I've seen in the church. I see some people who are just going, man, I just don't feel challenged enough. And it's just my heart's not on fire and then I see other people say, man, I've been pouring myself out. It doesn't feel like anybody even cares for me. All I do is serve and serve. Next thing you know, you're burned out and you're done. 
And really, the other thing is, if you, if you, if you have a low relationship and low challenge, then you're just totally bored, right? <laughs> That's when it's just like, I'm out of here. So I've sat all year long, and I've thought, oh my goodness, for me, personally, when I have soared with Christ, it's when I've been tight in relationship and when we are giving it everything we've got. When we're willing to, to leave our boat and leave our Father and just go for it. That's life. So here's the second thing Jesus gave me this year. I sensed a real, it was really cool, but a bunch of young guys just entered into my life. All of them in a different, for a different reason. But when seven different guys start to come into my life, some pursuing me, some with me engaging, my antennas got up. And I really sensed that God was saying to me, hey, I'm bringing these guys into your life for a reason. So I took them to lunch one day. And I said, hey, here's the deal. The last thing I need is another meeting. Amen? Anybody need another meeting? <laughs> last thing I need is another meeting. The last thing I need and that I'm interested in is another night away from my wife and my kids. But I wanna, here's, here's what I want to ask you. I'm sensing that every one of you, because all these guys were going to church, okay? They were coming here on Sunday morning. But most of them were not engaged in the church. Most of them weren't connected in any type of relationship. And I said, if you'll commit to me to be there every Tuesday night, I will commit to you. And I'll pour my life into you. And you guys will learn how to pour your life into each other. I said, you guys in? And they're like, man, we're in. We're all, that'd be great. We had a couple good meetings. The third meeting came. And about 10 minutes before, I get three texts. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm like, ah, all right, you know, it's first time. Next week, two more guys, different than the week before. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> so the next week, we got together. And I looked at them, and I said, okay, now I don't know why you guys didn't make it the last two weeks, but I left my wife. <laughs> And I left my children at home to be here with you. I'm absolutely committing my life to you. I said, are you guys going to be committed to me? And are you going to commit it to each other? Because if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. And if we're not, then let's not do it. And it was so cool, man. You know what happened? They took the challenge. And their relationships blossomed. And then, without any doing of my own, they totally started living life together. They started hanging out together. They started sharing their stories together. And they started getting to know each other. And I want to tell you, man, it's one of, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I feel like God was looking at me and saying, hey, Nelson, do you get it? Life change. Jesus really knowing me is only going to happen in relationship. All right? So now I'm going to give these, a few of these guys um, a chance to share you with you their story. So watch this. Honestly, like, there's, there's nothing, like, better than a real best friend. There's so many times when I'm, like, questioning, like, should I be in Utah? Like, whatever it is, um, those doubts don't happen. Like, should I be best friends with this person? Like, they're, like not, there's nothing that can attack that friendship, you know? Dave approached me and was like, hey man, like, we're gonna start this group. You know, we're gonna go meet at this restaurant one day. There's a few young guys, you know, I'm kind of pulling together, so. It was Dave, it was him, like, going after certain people that he saw, there was like 10 of us maybe, right? That he, he personally went to and invited. So yeah, it was really him really inviting it, um, but it, after that, it was really organic. It was really us just building friendship. 
It was about three years ago that I started believing in Jesus and then eventually um, came to him fully in the summer of 2016. Uh, you know, that was when I like fell on my knees and said, said I give it all to you, Jesus. And I remember I was excited because my brother and friend Dave was the, the person who led me into that. And he said, he said, that's awesome. Uh, you really can't, you, you can't do it on your own. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And then so I, I left and then I just started doing it on my own. <laughs> and then like ultimately kind of like failing in a lot of places and just seeing like their light was really what, what drew me to the group. The opportunity to be completely unfiltered with a brother is something I wouldn't give up for anything. We get past that surface level talk. We didn't actually want to talk about football anymore. We actually wanted to talk about each other's lives. And that's when we actually got to know each other. You know, it was really cool. I remember this one moment when Sam had planned to get baptized at service. Um, I didn't know he was going to be getting baptized that day, and I was so psyched for him. Um, I went and sat next to him during service. His willingness to give up his life radically inspired me in that moment, and I gave up my life that day as well. Um, I went and got baptized after Sam, and it wasn't planned, but um, that was the day I truly felt like God, I had heard God's voice and I, I can't forget his voice now. There were certain times, like whether it was either me being open and honest about, you know, struggles in my life or just hearing a brother be open and honest with theirs, uh, there's something special that goes on when someone's like actually revealing everything that's going on in their heart and in their mind. They like open up their hearts and minds, or I did, and then afterwards there's like this new sense of like, I don't know, peace. Like another, another weight being dropped off, you know? It was almost like at first I was, I was ashamed or like I'd be worried that I would be judged, but it never happened in that way. I mean, God came in and shifted my whole mentality and that was something that I couldn't have done on my own. And the group was a huge part of what brought about that change. You know that true change has happened in each of their hearts because I don't think that kind of thing would happen without Christ in the center of it. There's, there's really nothing like it than real Christian-like brotherhood. It's the thing that makes me most secure in my faith and in my walk and actually empowers me more than any other relationship in my life, so. In many ways, we're living the dream and, and we're gonna be growing into like living that dream and living it out, going, going out, you know, being with people and really, really just uh, learning from God and not learning for ourselves, but sharing it with other people. That's kind of our heartbeat now, is to take what we had and, and duplicate it right for more. I see the young adult community being a force to be reckoned with. But we, we know that God has called us to multiply, and so that's what we're trying to do. A new generation is coming up, and K2 has a huge body, specifically in the young adult community. And if we can get everybody involved, and if we can get everybody spurred by the Spirit and guided by that Spirit as well, Christ is going to be doing amazing things in this valley. It's undeniable. It was super cool, you guys. You know, one, one of the things that we did in the group, um, each of us took a turn, and we shared our story. And we, like, shared our story. This wasn't, like, five minutes. It was, like, like an hour. <laughs> like, really divulging, who, this is who I really am. And, uh, and I went first.
because I wanted to just, just be like, here you go, man. This is who you're, the dude you're listening to on Sundays. This is who I actually really am. It's my story. These are my bruises. These are my shortcomings. These are my struggles. And you know what was cool? James Reith, who's our middle school guy, he went next, and he just bared his soul to the group. And each guy eventually did that. One of the guys in our group, he said, I have never told anyone this ever before in my life. And you know what happens? When you get fully known and you're fully loved, it changes your life. Can I just tell you something? That's not going to happen here. You know, you're not going to come in here to a service for an hour and 15 minutes and have a chance to be fully known and then be fully loved and to have your life change. That's why Jesus says, if you're going to be like me, then you have to find other people and you have to say, will you come follow me? Will you come do relationship with me? Let's follow Jesus together. You know, it's really interesting. I, so I asked our staff, we had about 24 people were sitting in the room. And I asked them, I said, hey, find a person you don't know very well and just share your story with them. Share how you actually came to Christ. So they all shared with each other and I stood at the whiteboard and I said, okay, so now let's just share real quickly, how was it that you actually became to become a Christian? Now there were a lot of different reasons, but there were three that popped up over and over and over again. The first one was, I was at a service. <laughs> just like this, I was at a service, I heard God speak, and I knew I needed to respond. Number two was youth ministry. I was at a stage of my life where I'm trying to figure out what's true, and it was during that time that I gave my life to Christ. And then the third main reason was through a relationship. I said, okay, well, that's awesome. Okay, now get back together. I said, now share with each other how you actually grew in your faith. How did you actually get discipled? How did you not receive Christ? How did you really get this rooted and grounded and established? So they shared with each other, and I stood at the board. And you know what was interesting? There was one way. All 24 of them said there's one way that I actually grew in my faith. Guess what it was? It was relationship. It wasn't here, right? Which whew, I'm like, oh, good. You know, like all the pressure on me to give you messages enough that you'll grow in your faith. It's just not going to happen. And it wasn't the youth ministry. It wasn't a program. It wasn't going to happen. If you're going to actually grow the only way, because Jesus said, I'm God, by the way, remember this? I'm God, and I'm going to actually show you how to have life. And the way you do this is you get about 12 people, and you hang out, and you do life together. This is what changes your life. So that's why I've said here for 14 years, you don't go to church. You are the church, okay? And so this is why we're saying, if I'm going to follow Jesus then I gotta actually follow his commands. So here's what he says. Look at this in John 13. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet, because I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Do you guys remember? If you weren't here last week, we just talked, come follow me. And we just re revealed, who's Jesus. Well, in this thing he says, he goes, okay, y'all call me teacher and Lord. How many of you call, you don't have to read it. How many of you call Jesus Lord, right? Jesus is my Lord. He goes, good, because that's what I am. That is who I am. But if I'm the Lord and I do something, then I'm setting an example and you should do what I'm doing. So one of the things we should know right from that passage right there is that we should be serving each other. 
He goes, because that's how I operate. I'm the one who puts on the rag, gets down here, and actually serves you. So if you follow me, come follow me. You're like, woohoo, let's follow Jesus. All right, then, then put a thing around your waist, get down, and start washing each other's feet. Well, we don't wash each other's feet in this day and culture, but we serve each other. Okay? And then later on, he says this a new command I give you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by, listen to this, and by this, by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you what? Let's all say, if you love. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, you guys are pretty excited about this, aren't you? <laughs> but just, but again, just notice what he said. He goes, the world does not know you're my disciples if you go to church. That's it. He didn't he say that. So he didn't say, this is really interesting to me. He says, the world won't even know if you're my disciples if you're out making a difference and caring for the poor in the world. Now, should we care for the poor in the world? Should we care for the poor in the world? Yes. Jesus makes it super clear. That is what I do. In fact, that's super important. But he says the world will actually know that you're my disciples if you love in one another. Right here in this room. And then he goes, oh, and by the way, I'm your king, I'm your creator, I'm your Lord, and I got one command for you. Love one another. So here's what I got to tell you, man. You can say, I'm a Christian, but Jesus says, if you really are, that means you follow me. And if you follow me, I got one thing. You love one another. And so, man, so we must, right? And I love how that says it. By this, everyone will know. Oh, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. See, we don't have an option there, right? You say, hey, Jesus, can I like, if that's okay, can I just come to church though? Yeah, it's kind of, that whole skit thing, right? There's a bunch of little funny things in there. But some of it's not so funny. In fact, our Life Together group that we have on Sunday nights, they said that last week. They said, hey, yeah, Dave, that was really funny. Um, but it wasn't so funny because you're kind of convicting me there. <laughs> About this deal, it's like, I really do. Actually, I would love Jesus on Sunday morning but I really don't want to know the people. And, and I, I just got to tell you, if that's how you come, if that's how we come to church, I want some Jesus, but I actually don't want this. He's going, I just got to tell you a secret. Then you actually really don't want me because I'm actually all about everyone in this room. And so if you love me, he says, then you'll obey my commands. And here's my command. Love one another. Simple as that. So can I ask this question? How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we actually love one? Because by the way, it's super hard. Well, let me just real quick. Why don't we do this? I came up with three Fs, okay? So if, if, if we're not doing this, why are we doing it? Here's, here's one reason. I think one of the reasons we don't love one another really well is because of fear. Can we just be all honest? Can we be honest? How many of us struggle connecting with other people because of fear? Okay. Almost everybody, because we're afraid of being rejected, man. We're afraid of what people are going to think. And that's, a, and that's a legitimate fear because people are pretty judgmental. And unfortunately, in the church, which is so frustrating. So fear stops us. Then the second F is flesh. Now, the Bible uses the word flesh just to talk about our sinful nature. And literally, part of the reason that we actually don't want to love one another is because that's actually going to cost me something, 
Because if I'm going to have to love you, then I'm going to actually have to like, spend time with you. And I don't have a whole lot of time. And so you're going to actually ask me to sacrifice some other things in my life if I'm actually going to invest in you. And here's what Jesus says. He goes, yeah, I, 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 it costs me something too <laughs> to love you. Oh, my life, right? And he goes, and that's why the scripture says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So again, we go, man, I, 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 I want to know Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. And Jesus is like, okay, here's the deal. Unless you take up your cross and deny yourself daily, you can't follow me. Because that's what I do. And following me means you're with me. And so what I'm going to do inside you is I'm going to actually set you free from yourself. And our flesh goes, no, thank you. I'd rather come to church and hope Nelson's on today so the message is good and that the band's got their worship going. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I really want. He's like, okay, I'll try to help Dave give a good message. And I'll be in the worship. But here's what I'm telling you. If you're going to follow me, then you got to love one another. And we're afraid and our flesh cries out. And then the last thing is, you guys, it's a fight. <laughs> it's just a fight. Does anybody know that people are difficult? Can we all just look at each other and say, you're difficult. And, and, and I've said this from day one. Here's what, here's true. In 14 years, I've said this. The only guarantee I can give you as your pastor is I'm going to let you down. That's the one thing I know. And if I actually get to know you, you're going to let me down. And so guess what? That's why we go, do I say, why would I in the world would I want to get in relationship? Here's what I find. 2017, man. Yeah, I, I, I some of my... Some of my real unchrist-likeness got exposed. Some stuff inside of me that's not like Jesus at all got exposed. Isn't that fun? It's really fun to just be shown, look, at you're nothing like Jesus. And, um, and, 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 but you know what? You know how I found out I'm not like Jesus? Through another human being. Because when you rub up with other people, who we really are actually comes out. And you know what? That's actually a gift from God. It's God. We are God's gift to each other. We must love one another because Jesus is like, this is my plan. Now, by, 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 by the way, the gospel's good news. I'm not judging you because you messed up here, Dave. I'm not. You are totally forgiven. But I do want you to look like Jesus. So I'm asking you to get connected to other people. Because I'm all about love, and you can't love if you're not connected to other people. And here's what's crazy. You can actually dupe yourself into thinking that you're like Jesus if you just come to church. Because then you're learning stuff, and that feels good. Doesn't it feel good to learn stuff? It feels good to I love learning things. New things are fun. Worship's fun because sometimes the music's on, and you feel him, and that's really good. And you can actually start to think, man, I'm like Jesus. And then you run up into a hard person and you're super angry, and you're quick, and you're bitter, and you don't want anything to do with them because they're not like you. And Jesus goes, see, that's act. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're the church. Now you have a chance to see your heart. And that's why I say, hey, come follow me. I love you so much that I want you to have life. And life is love. And so he gives us the church. He gives us each other. Now again, so how can we love each other when I'm afraid 
and when my flesh doesn't want to, and when it's going to be a fight. How do we do this? Okay, so I'm reading the book of Acts last year. And in reading the book of Acts, I get to chapter 2. And I'll just be totally honest with you. If you've been in ministry, if you've been in church for very long at all, you get to Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 42, and you just want to go, oh, God, I've heard this so many times. I just, and so I'm, I'm in my own quiet time, and I'm like, Jesus, can I just skip this? Because I know this. Let's just go to the next thing. So then I said, okay, no, I, I need to read it. So I read it. I end up spending three days on these verses. And listen to this. And let me show you. This is how we can actually know Jesus. Okay? Acts 2. So what's, what's happened in Acts, you guys? It's, it's the story of the church. So Jesus has died, right? He's paid for the sins. He's risen. But he came back, and then he gave the Holy Spirit. He actually, this is what it means to be a Christian, by the way. Not going to church, not doing religious stuff. Christians are those who said, I can't follow you, God. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm selfish, and I'm sinful, and I need help. And you just confess that, and then you go, but I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. And he goes, great. I forgive you of all of your sin, and I give you my spirit. And what happens in Acts chapter 2 is called Pentecost. And it's the time when the Holy Spirit of God literally filled a group of people. And that's why you go to any ministry and church conference, and everybody goes, this is what it can look like if a group of people are actually filled with the Spirit. Okay? Look at this. What happened to them? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. The Spirit filled them, and they devoted themselves to fellowship. What's devotion mean, you guys? What's devotion? Devotion means everything else is garbage compared to this. It's absolute loyalty. It's I'm all in. It's like I won't miss. It's not if I feel like it. It's not if it's convenient. It's the, it's the, it's the commitment I made to my wife Susie that I will love you with all of my heart all the days of my life and forsake all others unto death, right? That's devotion. I'm devoted to her. I'm devoted to my kids. Well, when the Holy Spirit filled up a group of people, <laughs> this is crazy, all of a sudden they found themselves, holy crap, I'm... I'm actually committed to you. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to not say those words in church anymore. But, but seriously, so what happens is they, they get filled with the Spirit of God, and the next thing that happens is they see each other. And they go, hey, by the way, oh my God, you're filled with the Spirit, and you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with... And the Spirit of God, not them, not the flesh, because we want our own time, we want our own agendas, we want our own life, and we want to make it super comfortable. But that's not God. <laughs> Jesus is like, no, I'm about everybody. And so when I fill you up, guess what happens? I pour my love into your heart, and I love these people. <laughs> and you're filled with my love too. And so he causes us to be devoted to one another. And so then it goes on. And he says, to the breaking of bread into prayer, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, what? Everybody say, all the believers were together. And they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every, look at that, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
What did Jesus say? He goes, if you guys actually love each other, the whole world will know that you're my disciples. When the Holy Spirit filled up a church, a real church, they said, we're together. We're going to meet together in the temple courts. We're going to meet together in each other's homes. We're going to eat. We're going to praise God together. We're going to just enjoy each other. We're going to have with glad and sincere hearts. Can I just ask you a question? Are you together here at K2? Is this your experience? And, and again, if you're visiting, that's cool. We, we, we love you to visit, and we want to welcome you here. But if you say, I follow Jesus, then Jesus is saying, then that means I filled you with my spirit. And when I fill you with my spirit, I cause you to love one another. And so Christians, I feel like as boldly as I can say to you, are you actually following Jesus? Or have you, I'm going to say, or have you been duped into the American Christian thing, which is just going to church? Knowing Christ means come follow me. And I'm going to fill you up and you're going to love one another. So can I just give you practically, how do we do this? The first thing he says is, well, you do it in the temple courts. So that means that pretty much the church. For us, that would mean this right here. So I fill you up and the Holy Spirit goes, then come on, everybody. Let's get together. But can I just ask you a question? How many of you, when you were driving here this morning, found in your heart, again, if you're a follower of Christ, you were driving here this morning, you go, man, I can't wait to get to K2 and love each other. How many of you were thinking, I can't wait to get here and love one another? And I just want to tell you, if we're following him, then more important to Jesus. Yes, this word is his word to you. That's, it's important. I work hard to try to prepare God's word so you can hear it, so you can hear from him. The band works hard to provide worship so that we can engage. We are centering on Jesus. But again, we don't come to Jesus unless we're going to actually follow Jesus. And so what we should be doing every Sunday morning is coming here and going, I, want to, I can't wait to love everybody here. How, how would we do that? Well, one simple way the Bible says is just greet each other. The Bible says, hey, give greetings to each other. In fact, the Bible says greet with a holy kiss. So let's all stand up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're all like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. You know, but, here, but it's interesting. I have a buddy in town, and they actually do stand and greet one another every week. We used to, too, every week. And he said, David, the biggest challenge I get from my church the most emails and the most pushback is from greeting one another on a Sunday morning. People hate it. And now here's the truth. I know you hate it too. I know you do. Because we've been in small groups and our people say, God, we have to stand up and greet one another. And it's like, why? Isn't that interesting? I don't even want to sit the next, you two right here, I don't even want to stand up next to you and say, hey, good morning, like super glad you're here. Man. That's, I, I just want to tell you, one way that you could come to K2 and we would experience a change is if we would drive here and greet one another. Just love. You follow me, love one another. Here's another thing. And then when we come here, let's accept one another. Has anybody ever looked around at this crowd? We are super diverse here. We are super diverse. Economically, geographically, we're all over the valley. Racially, we, there's a diversity here. And that actually provides us an opportunity right? 
to love that's different than the world. And so just accept each other, no matter how old you are, no matter where you live, no matter what's your race. That's the love of God. Let's accept each other. And here's the third thing we could do just on Sunday mornings is we could actually serve each other. That's a great way we can love each other, right? So the band, they, they, they practiced for hours, and then they, to, to get ready, they got here, like the sound guys were here at 5 in the morning, and they're serving you. People are serving your kids, right? They're, you're in here, and people are loving on your children. Some of you got coffee because, so here, what would happen? What would happen if on Sunday morning, all of us who said Jesus is in me, and if that's the case, that means I love, my brothers, I love. Well, man, when you love, you serve. That's why I said I wash feet, so you do it too. So, man, I encourage, there's some simple things right there. Just greet one another. Would you guys do that for me when the service is over? Would you actually greet one another? Okay, four nodding heads. This is a, I tell you, I am one powerful speaker. <laughs> greet one another. Accept one another. And serve one another. And sometimes we go, oh, but the church is so big. It's like, you know what happened right before this? Peter got up and spoke because he, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people were added to their number on that day. How's that for some church growth? That's pretty big, huh? And then the very next thing it says, and all of them got together all the time. So it's not about size. The most friendly church I've ever experienced was Saddleback down in, in, in Southern California. It's about, I don't know, 10,000, 12,000 people. And I think, well, maybe that's why they're 10,000, 12,000 people. Because I would go to 100-member churches, and nobody could care less that I was there. And I walk into a church that has thousands of people, and I couldn't get out without people noticing me, greeting me, welcoming me, wanting me to be a part of their church. It's not about size. It's not. It's about love. Okay? And then the last thing is, and then they met in homes. They met in homes. So, guys, how did God change the world? He's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Twelve guys. Come follow me. Live with me. Watch me. Listen to me. Receive from me. Give to each other. Forgive one another when you fail. Let me forgive you. Emulate me. The only way, right? What everyone on my staff said is the only way I actually grew and changed is when I was in relationship with somebody else. That's why we do life together, you guys. Because I know, I am absolutely convinced that to experience Jesus means you're going to have to have high relationship and accept his high challenge. And so if you don't have that relationship going on, you're never going to have life. You're never going to be able to follow his command to love one another unless you actually are together. This is how it works. And that's why we provide them, man. There's, there's, they're all over the valley. Geography. You can find people in your age group. You can find people, male and female. We've got so many opportunities for you to say, find a place outside of this thing right here. Because Jesus did not command you to go to church. He commanded you to love one another. And that's actually the church. So if you need some steps, tomorrow night, celebrate recovery. We'll be here at 630. Tons of people finding community and loving each other at Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday night, these guys right here are part of a team for people who are in their 20s and 30s. Every Tuesday night, if that's your generation, we have a place for you. Wednesday night here, 
high school and junior high kids are finding relationships. So we said, well, then drop off your kids and let's do it, right? So we're having a men's thing every week. If you're a man and you're looking for this, if you want, if you want to follow Jesus and he's saying love one another, get connected right here. Join us. Seven o'clock, we're here. And then the women started theirs. Seven o'clock on Wednesday nights. We are offering as many opportunities as we can for you to be able to take that step. All right? So here's, here's the deal. The glory of God is when his people love one another. And that's what his spirit does. And here's the coolest thing. And so I just know Jesus is in me. I know that. And for all of you who've received Christ, I know he's in you. What would happen in 2018 if we would actually follow Jesus? What would happen if we actually obeyed his command and said, I won't look for the door that I can sneak out of. I'm going to look for the people to love. What would happen here? I think he's telling me, Dave, K2 could experience the most unbelievable transformation ever. And that's what we're going to shoot for. All right? So here's what we're going to do. Band, come on out. We're going to take communion together. Because this is what Jesus said. He goes, you guys got to remember me. You got to remember me. Because that's who, right? Come follow me. That's Jesus. <laughs> Not me, uh, Jesus. But Jesus says, you come follow me. So here's what you need to remember about me. He goes, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much, man. And you got to remember that. Because you are only going to love each other. How? As he has loved you. So if you are struggling to really know God's love, then it's really hard to give it to somebody else. So one of the ways he said you got, that I can help you remember is I want you to take communion on a regular basis. And I want you to hold that body, that, and this is my body, he said, this bread represents my body, that I broke for you, that I gave for you. I gave my life for you. That's how much I love you. And so now he's saying, so now you guys imitate me and love each other in the same way that I love you. And then he goes, and here's my blood I shed for you. You are forgiven of all of your sin. So then learn how to forgive one another. So we're going to do communion a little different today. Instead of you just coming up by yourself to take communion, we're going to take it as a family because that's what the church is. And people filled with the Spirit of God. Our leaders are going to be, we got four tables over here, we got two over here. Our leaders are going to be behind the table and here's what we're going to do. When you feel ready, and I, by the way, you, if, you, if you don't want to stand up in line, just kind of wait, and you can see when there's room. But whenever you feel ready, our leaders will be behind the table. And what we want is for you to circle around the table with about five or six of you, okay? Instead of taking it just by myself, Jesus is saying, no, I died to set you free to produce this. So get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on me and then the community that I'm creating to represent me to the world, okay? Now listen, if you came by yourself, this is a perfect chance. Because sometimes I feel like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just here by myself. But th you, that might feel that way, but the reality is, no, you're not, man. You're part of a family. So join the other people around that circle and let us serve you, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, all right? So anytime you're ready, you guys come forward and let's take communion together. Let's take it together. Let's go.